All right, well, we're there in uh, Matthew chapter number 14. And if you remember, we've been uh, studying the idea of prayer over the last several weeks on Wednesday night. And uh, we'll probably be looking at maybe two or three, four, I don't know how many more studies in prayer. I've got three ready for the next few weeks, uh, you know, ideas that I'd like to go over, but uh, the more you study the subject, the more you realize there's, there's so much. You know, you can dig so much, uh, and prayer is such an important thing. If you remember, we, we kind of started this series a while back, and we just kind of dealt with the idea of, of Elijah and how he was able to get his prayers answered, and the fact that the Bible teaches that Elijah was a man of like passions like we are. And there was nothing special about Elijah in the fact that God wanted to answer his prayers as much as God wants to answer our prayers. And then we uh, talked about the different types of prayer, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving and the prayer of supplication and, and the prayers uh, there that we saw in the passage there in First Timothy. We also saw that prayer is a great time saver from the book of Genesis and how we can get so busy and, and, and the temptation is to not pray but that if we would actually give God the time and allow Him to uh, just to know that He is first in our lives, and then He will help us out with the things that we need to do. Uh, last week, we talked about the Lord's Prayer and uh, kind of taught it in a different way or a, a way that I'd never really seen it before. We know that we should not pray the Lord's Prayer, but the idea of praying through the Lord's Prayer uh, can be a benefit uh, using it as a pattern for us. Tonight, uh, what I want to do is give you just some practical tips for prayer and not not uh, a real deep sermon. I just want to help you. Hopefully, over the last few weeks as we've been talking about prayer, some of you have... Uh, you know, found the time to develop a prayer life. Maybe you already had a prayer life, but you've kind of bumped it up a little bit, or maybe you never prayed and you've been starting to pray and thinking to pray. And as you've been doing that, I want to give you tonight some practical tips for prayer. Eight, to be exact, eight uh, practical tips for prayer uh, for you to have the most effective prayer time. Uh, number one, if, if you, you're there in Matthew chapter 14, and if you like to take notes, this would be a good, uh, good time to maybe write some of these notes down so you can apply them to your life. In Matthew chapter 14, if you look at verse number 23, the Bible says this, And when he had sent the multitudes away, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says he went up into a mountain, and make note of this word, <coughs> I don't know, excuse me, I have something in my throat, I feel like, not going to let me preach tonight. He went up into a mountain, and make note of this word, apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. The first kind of practical tip I'd like to give you in regards to prayer is choose a place to pray. And we're going to be looking at a lot of different things from the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, some things in the Old Testament. Some of these verses we're going to look at and leave them and then come back to them. So just kind of try to follow along as we go. But I want you to notice when Jesus prayed, the Bible says that he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When he prayed, he didn't just pray where he was, but he went off into a mountain. You're there in Matthew 14. Flip a few pages back to Matthew chapter number 6 and look at verse number 6. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 6. Jesus taught this idea of choosing a location to pray. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, the Bible says this, But thou, when thou prayest, this is the Lord Jesus Christ uh, speaking. I think it's interesting that he doesn't say if you pray, but he says when you pray. 
He says, when thou prayest. He's expecting us to have a time of prayer. And he says, but thou, when thou prayest, notice what he says, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Here Jesus is talking about this idea of a prayer closet. You say, what, what, is, what, what is he talking about? He's talking about a closet. <laughs> He's talking about, you know, just like you have in your house, a room where you put coats and you put different things or whatever. Jesus was saying, you know, when you're going to pray, you ought to have a place. And he says, you ought to have a place like a closet. And it might not be a bad idea to actually use your closet as a prayer closet. But the idea is that when you pray, you should enter into a certain place. There ought to be a place somewhere on this planet where you have decided and you have designated it as this is where I go to pray. Jesus said here when he, when he was in the house that, you know, he would go into his closet to pray. Uh, when he was out in the field, the Bible says he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Uh, go to Luke chapter number 6. You're there in Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter number uh, 6. I'm sorry, you're in Mark, so Luke should be even closer to that. Good night. Where, where are you? Are you in Matthew? Go to Mark. Go to Mark. Matthew, Mark. And chapter 1. Look at verse 35. Mark 135. Sorry. Mark 135. When you choose a place, it ought to be a place where you can get alone. And I, I just want you to see how often the Bible refers to this. Mark one thirty five says this, And in the morning, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, rising up a great while before day, he went out and, notice, departed into a solitary place. The word solitary means he was there alone, or it was, it was a place where he could be alone. He said, into a solitary place, and there prayed. So I want you to notice, the Bible emphasizes this idea in the life of Christ, that when he got, when he wanted to pray, he would go up into a mountain. He taught that you should have a closet that you can enter into. When he wanted to pray, he went out and uh, found a solitary place. Now keep your finger there in Mark 135, okay? Because we're going to come right back to it. But go to Luke chapter number 6. I just want you to see that the Bible emphasizes this. Because there's nothing in the Bible by coincidence or mistake. Whenever God put something in Scripture, it's for a reason. He's trying to emphasize something. And as you study the life of Jesus Christ, and primarily the prayer life of Jesus Christ, you will find that he always gets alone. He always has a place. He goes up to the mountain. He goes to a solitary place. He teaches us that when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. In Luke chapter number 6, in verse number 12, notice what the Bible says. Luke chapter 6, in verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out, notice, into a mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. Look at Luke chapter number 11, in verse number 1. Flip a few pages over. Luke chapter number 11, and verse number 1. Luke Chapter number 11, and verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying, notice this, don't miss this, as he was praying in a certain place. Do you see that? In a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus had places. He had locations. He had a, not just any place, he had a certain place where he went to pray. He had a mountain where he went to pray. He had a place where he would go and get alone with God the Father and spend time in prayer. So in our prayer lives, if Jesus thought it wise to have some place on planet earth where he would get alone to commune with God, in your prayer life and in my prayer life, we would be wise to choose a place to pray. Here's a question I have for you. Go, go back to Mark chapter 1. But here's a question I have for you. Do you have a prayer closet? 
Do you have a place? Is there somewhere? It doesn't have to be your closet. It could be an office or a bedroom or, or, or it could be outside under a tree or maybe a mountain you go up to or a hill. It could be wherever. But is there any place in your, in, in your life that you have designated, this is the place, this is where I go to meet with God on a regular basis? It would help your prayer life if you chose a place and said, this is my solitary place. This is my certain place. This is my mountain, if you will. This is my prayer closet. And maybe it's an actual closet. Maybe it's just a bedroom. I, it can be wherever it is. But you ought to choose a place in your home or somewhere you feel comfortable where you would go to pray. So tip number one uh, for uh, practical tips for prayer is choose a place to pray. Jesus had a certain place where he would go to pray. Number two, not only should you choose a place to pray, but you should choose a time of day to pray. Notice what the Bible says. Are you that back there in Mark chapter 1? Look at verse 35. The Bible says, And in the morning, don't miss this, rising up a great while before day. So before the sun came up, Jesus got, a, got up a great while before day. He went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. You ought to not only have a place where you pray, but you ought to have a time of the day that you pray. Jesus had already decided that he was going to get up at a certain time, rising up a great while before the day in order to pray. Uh, go to Psalm 55. If you open up your Bible just right in the center, you're more than likely following the book of Psalms right in the center of your Bible. Psalm 55. Notice what the psalmist said. Psalm 55 and look at verse number uh, 17. Psalm 55 and verse number 17. You ought to have a certain place where you pray, but you ought to also have a certain time of the day when you pray. Jesus rose up in the morning, rising up a great time, a great while before day. Psalm 55 and verse 17 says this, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. The psalmist said that he had certain times during the day when he would pray at evening and in the morning and at noon. And we're not just talking about the quick little prayer before you, you know, eat your Cheerios in the morning. You know, not just a quick little prayer before you have your lunch. But you ought to designate a time during the day when you say, this is my time. This is my appointment. This is when I meet with God. And not only is this the time when I meet with God, but here's a place where I meet with God. It will help your prayer life considerably if you choose a place to pray and if you choose a time to pray. Go to Daniel. You're there in Psalms. If you go past Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, Song of Solomon, uh, you get into Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. After you get all, past those big major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, you have that book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number 6. When you get to Daniel, put a bulletin there or a ribbon there or something because we're going to leave Daniel and we're going to come back to it. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was a great prayer warrior, and one of the things we learn about Daniel is that he not only had a place where he prayed, but he had a time when he prayed. Daniel chapter 6, in verse number 10, the Bible says this, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and if you remember, uh, they had... They had uh, passed a law basically making it illegal to pray to any god other than the king of the land. And the Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, that was his place, his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees, notice what it says, three times a day. 
He had set times during the day where he would kneel on his knees and pray and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And you got to understand this. Don't miss this. As he did aforetime. Do you see that? Daniel had a pattern of prayer. Daniel had a habit of prayer. And you got to understand this. Daniel didn't have some suicide wish. It wasn't like, oh, they passed a law against, against prayer. Well, I'm just going to go pray. To, I'll show them. See, Daniel, they were trying to scare Daniel into not praying. People knew. People had seen. People knew. Oh, what time is it? No, don't bother Daniel. He's praying. He had a time when he prayed. Not only did he have a time when he prayed, he had a place where he prayed. And he was so consistent in his prayer life, they knew that if they passed a law, he was going to do it anyway. Because that was his pattern. That's what he did. He had a place where he would go and he would pray. And he said, you know what? Law or no law, I'm just going to do what I do every day. And I'm going to go meet with God. And he did as he did a four time, three times a day in his chamber with his windows open toward Jerusalem, kneeling down. And he prayed. You say, why was Daniel such a prayer warrior? Why was Jesus obviously such a prayer? I believe that it will help you considerably if you choose a place. There's a place in your home. There's a place somewhere where you get alone, in your office, wherever it is, where you get alone and you spend time in prayer. But not only that, but also that there's a time. There's an appointment. There's something, there's a, there's, there's a time during the day, you can write it on a calendar where you say, this is where I meet with God. Now, let, let me say this. Don't get so hung up on the time of day. You know, maybe you're an early person. Maybe you naturally uh, just, you know, get, you know, you just get up early. And, and if that's you, uh, you know, I hate you. <laughs> you know, I wish I were you, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't. Some of you jump out of bed. I, I got to get resurrected out of bed. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, maybe that's you. You just naturally get up early. Um, I, I, I've, I, I want to get up early. I, I try to, I mean, I get up early, but it doesn't come down. Every time I talk to, you know, people say to me, oh, I get up at five in the morning. I get up at four. Every time I ask, whenever somebody says they get up at five in the morning, four in the morning, I always ask them, well, how do, how do you do it? And here's what I always find out. They go to bed at like 7 p.m. or something. It's crazy. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'll do that when I'm 60. But, you know, you can't have four kids and go to bed at 8 p.m. That's crazy. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just, this is therapy for me anyway. But, um, you know, maybe you get up early in the morning. Well, then pray in the morning. But maybe you, you stay up late at night. You know, what I'm trying to say is don't get hung up on the time. Just set up a time to pray. Maybe the only time you can pray, you know, is when your baby takes a nap. You know, for you ladies that are home, that's fine. But just say, at, at that time, I'm not going to go on Facebook. At that time, I'm not going to go on YouTube. At that time, I'm going to pray. Maybe, you know, you, you work and you've got an hour uh, during your lunch break and you say, well, well I, can, I can eat in 30 minutes and spend 30 minutes in prayer, whatever it is. I'm, I'm saying don't, don't get so hung up. You know, don't get this idea where I got to get up at 3 a.m. and pray to God for now. Look, just choose a time when you will pray. Put it uh, in your calendar. You know, set an alarm and just decide, this is where I'll pray. This is when I'll pray. I'll get alone with God and I'll make those uh, commitments. Don't get so hung up on, on the time. It doesn't matter when you pray. All that matters is that you pray. So number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of the day uh, to pray. Go back to Luke chapter number six. Keep your place in Daniel. Remember, bulletin or something in Daniel, because we're going to come back to it. But go to Luke chapter number six. Luke chapter number six. Look at verse 12. Luke chapter number six, choose 12. uh, Verse 12. Number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of day to pray. Number three, choose an amount of time to pray. Choose an amount of time to pray. Set a goal of prayer. And, and by the way, pray, try to pray for extended periods of time. Don't, don't just be satisfied with this three-minute prayer, you know. 
decide that you're going to spend some quality time with God. Luke chapter number 6, if you look at verse 12, the Bible says this, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Do you see that? Jesus continued all night in prayer to God. Wouldn't that be hard? Stay up all night long praying. Jesus, and, and, and here's, here's what you got to understand. You don't just accidentally stay up all night in prayer to God. You know what I mean? You decide you're going to do that. Jesus set a goal. Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to pray all night to, to God. And if you study the context, you'll know that Jesus had a big decision to make. The next thing he does after this all-night prayer session is he chooses his 12 uh, disciples. So he had a big uh, task in front of him, and he spent all night in prayer to God. Go, go back to Matthew 26. You're there in Luke. Just back a few books over to Matthew 26. Look at verse number 39. Matthew 26 and verse number 39. Matthew 26 and verse 39. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39, it says, And he went a little further. And fell on his face, Matthew 26 and verse 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou wilt. Verse 40. And he cometh unto his, the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Now notice what he says. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? He, Jesus decided, I'm going to pray for one hour, Peter, James, John. I want you to pray one hour with me. Jesus, when he went to pray, he had a time allotted that he chose an amount of time that he would pray. So he not only chose a time of the day that he would pray, but he chose an amount of time that he would pray. And you ought to set a goal uh, to, to prayer. And, you know, and I don't know what that is. I'm not saying you got to pray an hour every day, but you got to decide, you know, I'm going to pray this much. And maybe your goal is an hour. Maybe it's 30 minutes. You know, I don't know what it is, but you got to just figure out, you know, right now I pray five minutes or right now I pray 15 minutes. Right now I pray 20 minutes. Maybe your goal is to pray one hour. Now, look, going from 15 minutes a day to an hour a day is extremely difficult. But, you know, what I would advise you to do is just to try to increase by five minutes every week till you get to that goal. Because here's what you got to understand about prayer. And people that don't pray don't understand this. Prayer is a lot of work. It's not easy to pray. It's easy to get on your knees and fall asleep. You know what I mean? It's easy to, like, have your mind wander. But if you're actually going to spend an hour communicating with God, that's a lot of work. But you ought to, you ought to have a goal. You ought to decide, this is where I'm going to pray, this is when I'm going to pray, and this is how long I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for one hour. I'm gonna, and I would encourage you to pray for an hour, you know, at least once a week. Say, you know, maybe you can't pray for an hour every day. I understand that. You know, I, 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 uh, I try to pray for an hour every day, but I'll be honest with you, it doesn't happen a lot. You know, 45 minutes is really good. 30 minutes, that's good. You know, an hour every day, it's, it's difficult. But you got to, you, you know, maybe once a month, just say, I'm going to pray for one hour for my family. I'm going to pray one hour for my career. I'm going to pray one hour. Choose a time, uh, an amount of time that you uh, are going to pray. And if you want to pray, Especially for those of you with kids, let me give you uh, some advice, something that I do, because it, it's easy to get distracted uh, when you're praying. I use a stopwatch because, you know, I, I want to pray for a certain amount, you know. So I actually on my phone, I have a stopwatch and I actually just go to that stopwatch and I hit start when I start praying. And if, you know, if, if my kids are like, you know, they, something happens and, they, and, I, and I need to stop praying. It's, it's easy because I can hit stop on that stopwatch when I'm 
you know, go deal with them or whatever, and then come back and hit start just to guarantee that I get that amount of time that I want to pray. So, you know, maybe that would help you. I don't know. It, it helps me. But uh, decide that you're going to have uh, a time to pray. Because here's the other thing. If I have a goal, I want to pray this much today, and, and I just, you know, the, the house burnt down, or, and it's just like I, I didn't... I wasn't able to finish. I have that stopwatch, you know what I mean? So at night I can say, well, this is how much I prayed, so I need to pray, you know, to try to finish up my time. But, uh, you know, set an amount of time uh, to pray with God. Go to, go to, you're there in Matthew 26, go to Matthew uh, 18, Matthew chapter 18. So number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of day to pray. Number three, choose an amount of time uh, to pray. Number four, get a prayer partner. Get a prayer partner. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19 says this, Again, I say unto you, that if two shall, ag- shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, notice, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, you know, as Baptists, we've allowed the, the charismatic movement to kind of steal some of these verses away from us. Because you get all these televangelists saying, you know, I'm going to pray with you that you become a millionaire. And they kind of mock this. Obviously, you've got to understand this. And, and, and one, of these, one of the sermons that we'll preach in this series is there are, there are promises in Scripture for promised prayer. Uh, you know, God says, if you do this, I'll answer your prayer. But you got to understand this. You can't take one verse where God says, I'll answer your prayer, and only do that one thing and expect God to pray. You actually have to put all those things together. And we'll talk about that uh, in, in a different sermon. But, but here, Jesus is encouraging you to get a partner to pray. Someone said this, there is value in the volume of prayer. There is value in the volume of prayer. It is good to spend time praying with individuals. But it's more than just, you know, on Wednesday night, you put in your request and we pray. I would encourage you, you know, maybe it'd be your spouse or maybe, maybe it's not your, your wife, maybe it's not your husband. You know, man, you know, you gentlemen, maybe you can find another man and you ladies, maybe you can find another lady. But you ought to seek someone out that you'll, you, you just kind of make this covenant in this, 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 you know, you go into this this uh, idea and just say, I'm going to be your prayer partner. You're going to be my prayer partner. I'm going to pray for you and you're going to pray for me. And even tell, you know, just aside, on Tuesdays at this time, I'll be praying for you. What can I pray for? Just have someone in your life that could you imagine what would happen in your life if you had one individual that you knew was just praying for you? You know, there is value in the volume of prayer. Don't just expect people to pray for you, but you pray for them. Seek out a prayer partner. You know, let me throw this out there. Uh, I wonder if there's anyone in this church who would be willing to make uh, to 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 make this ministry their ministry. I I wonder if there'd be somebody in this church who'd say, you know what? You know what, Pastor? I'll take one hour of my week every week and just pray for Verity Baptist Church. I mean, could you imagine what would happen if people started praying in this church for each other, started communing and and entered into covenants with each other and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm for you. What you come to me. Wouldn't it be great to just have someone that you know anytime I can just call them, I can text them, they're praying for me. I've got this going on. I can just send them a text and I know that they're going to pray. We've already made that decision that we're prayer partners. Get a prayer partner. I think it'll help your life. Matthew 18, 19 again. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. For my Father which is in heaven. There is value in the volume of prayer. You're there in Matthew 18. Go go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. So choose a place to pray. Choose a time of day to pray. Choose an amount of time to pray. Get a prayer partner. But with that said about the prayer partner, and, and it, it, it would be valuable for you to have a prayer partner and, and, and to have someone that can kind of 
be on your side and also hold you accountable with your prayer life. And, and by the way, it's good to just have someone hold you accountable with your devotional life and hold you accountable with anything you need to be held accountable uh, for. But with that said, don't only pray when you're praying with, with people. You need to develop a time and you need to develop the consistency to spend time in prayer alone. The Bible talk, Jesus talked about praying with, with others, but and the Bible also talks about uh, praying uh, by yourself. You're there in Matthew 6 again. Look at verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, notice, which is in secret. And thy father, which sees in secret, shall reward thee openly. So there's something to be said about having a partner and praying publicly. But there's, you also need to just realize that it's not this thing where I only pray when I'm around people. You need to have a time when you Pray alone and get alone with God. Go, go to Luke chapter number 9. Look at verse number 18. Luke chapter number 9 and verse 18. I know we're looking at a lot, some of these um, verses again, but there's just different things that I want to emphasize as we look at them. Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. The Bible says this, And it came to pass, as he was, notice, alone praying. His disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? So Jesus, you notice, he was alone praying. So Jesus taught to get a prayer partner, but then he also spent time in prayer alone. And let me say this. As a general rule of thumb, this is what I was taught growing up, and I think it's, it's good. As a general rule of thumb, short public prayers, long private prayers. You know, sometimes people, they, they get this idea. You ask them to pray, and they want to, like, show off and you know, pray for 25 minutes, you know, or something. Look, if you're asked to pray publicly, general rule of thumb, short public prayers, long private prayer. You want to spend 30 minutes in prayer, get into your closet and pray to God, which is in secret. And your father, which sees in the secret, shall reward thee openly, is what the Bible says. Um, but, you know, uh, of course, with that said, guys, when I ask you to pray, you know, give me some time to get to the back of the door, okay? I appreciate that, too. You guys, I say, I say to pray short prayers, and then it's like I can't even grab my Bible before you're done. All right, um... 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you go towards the end of the New Testament there, uh, you, you got all those 1, 2 Thessalonians, 1, 2 Timothy, uh, and uh, Titus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this is a very well-known passage. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That word ceasing means stopping or resting. The Bible says that we ought to pray without ceasing. So number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of the day to pray. Number three, choose an amount of time to pray. Number four, get a prayer partner. Number five, don't just get a prayer partner, but make sure you spend time in prayer alone. Uh, Number six, use the time that would otherwise be wasted to pray. Jesus taught us here, uh, the Bible teaches us here, um, that we are to pray without ceasing, that we are to uh, pray without stopping. You ought to be in an attitude of prayer and in a mode of prayer uh, all day long. Uh, go, go, you're there in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Uh, go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, so just a few, uh, couple books over, 1 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, and I want you to notice what the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, and verse number 8, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 8, the Bible says, I will therefore that men, notice, pray everywhere. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. So here's the idea. There is times throughout the day that are just wasted time. 
You know, you may be driving down the road. You may be in the shower. You may be doing housework. Or maybe you're doing work that doesn't really require a lot of concentration. Maybe you're just laying in bed and you're not able to sleep before you drift off to bed. There are times during the day when we're just kind of, you know, waiting for the elevator and just not really doing anything. Utilize that time to pray. Because the Bible says that we have to pray without ceasing. So, you know, you, you, you can say, well, I'm going to pray an hour a day. Maybe 30 minutes of that is, is on your knees before God. But the other 30 minutes you can make up, you know, just as you're driving down the road or whatever it is. You know, just use your time wisely. The Bible says that we ought to redeem the time because the days are evil. So use the time that would otherwise just be wasted time. That there, you, there's nothing you can do, you know, uh, else that you can do while you're driving or you're taking a shower or whatever. But use that time uh, to pray. Pray without ceasing. That's why the Bible says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. And by the way, you know, today the, the liberals want to, you know, lift up their hands during praise and worship or whatever. But the Bible teaches that you are to lift up your holy hands when you're praying. If you study that throughout Scripture, you'll see that the people of God raised their hands, not when they were rocking out to Jesus. They raised their hands as they were praying to God. Solomon, as he was, you know, praying to God, the Bible says he lifted up his hands. So the Bible, the, the scriptural teaching is to raise your hands during time of prayer. Holy hands uh, for men. Uh, while they are praying, not in, during your praise and worship rock concert. Go to Matthew 26, look at verse 39. Matthew 26, verse 39. With that said, that you ought to use time that would otherwise be wasted for prayer, don't allow that to be an excuse to take away time from praying um, in the right posture. You ought to pray on uh, your knees, not just when you're out and about. So here's what you got to say. You need to take time to pray. When you're out and about, just at the grocery store, just walking down the street, just doing nothing, communicate with God, talk to God, express, you know, uh, uh, make expressions to God. But you also need to have time where you just get alone and there's nothing you're doing but praying. Matthew 26 and verse 39. This is an interesting thought. Matthew 26 and verse 39 says this, And he went a little further. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God in the flesh. This is the Messiah, the Savior. And he went a little further. Notice, when Jesus prayed, the Bible says, and fell on his face. Do you see that? You know what that means? Is he got down on the floor on his knees with his face down to the ground and he spent time with God in prayer. Don't you think if God in the flesh if the Messiah, if the Son of God, if the Savior of the world thought that it was important for him to get down on his knees and put his face down to the ground as he prayed to God, don't you think that you and I ought to take the time during the day to get on our knees and pray to a holy God? Amen. Look, you ought to pray when you're driving down the road. You ought to pray when you're in the shower. But if that's the only time you're praying, when are you ever you know, bowing yourself before your God? The Bible says that he fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Uh, go back to Daniel. Did you keep your place in Daniel? Remember I told you to keep your place there? Daniel chapter 6, look at verse number 10. Daniel chapter number 6 and verse 10. Notice what it says about Daniel. Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. Notice, he kneeled upon his knees there three times a day. And prayed. All, and you, I mean, we could spend so much time just going through verse after verse after verse where the Bible talks about getting on your knees, bowing down before God in prayer. Here's what you got to understand, okay? It's not one or the other. 
It's not like, oh, I pray on my knees, so I'm not going to pray just throughout the day. No, you need to take time to get on your knees and put your face to the ground and humble yourself. And by the way, it'll help your pride to realize, you know, to just wake up in the morning and just get on your knees and put your face to the ground and say, God, I'm your servant. It'll help your Christian life. You know, and, and it'll get this idea of like, oh, I'm so great and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. To so just put your face on the ground. If, if Jesus Christ would put his face on the ground as he, as he talked to God, don't you think you and I should do it? But see, at the same time, you say, well, well, I do that. Well, look, when you're driving down the road, talk to God. But when you're driving down the road, if that's the only time you talk to God, when are you getting on your knees? You go, well, I pray with my prayer partner, but you need to pray alone. You say, well, I pray alone, but you need a prayer partner. It's not one or the other. You need to be doing all of it. Get a partner. There's time for public prayer. There's time for private prayer. There's time to pray while you're just working around the house and mowing the lawn and doing the dishes. And there's time to get alone with God on your knees and pray. There's times where we just kind of quickly pray and thank God for the meal. And there's times when we spend an hour or two just before God and just asking Him and petitioning Him for prayer. It's not that you do one or the other. You need to be doing all. So I would advise you to pray on your knees, get down on your face, and uh, fall before a holy God and come to His throne in prayer. Go to Isaiah 37. This is the last point. Number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of the day to pray. Number three, choose an amount of time to pray. Number four, get a prayer partner. Number five, sense, uh, spend time in prayer alone. Number six, use the time that would otherwise be wasted to pray. Number seven, Pray on your knees, not just when you're out and about. Get, get, get your face on the ground and pray to God. Number eight, and this might sound silly, but it'll make sense in a second. Use visuals in your prayer time. Use visuals in your prayer time. In Isaiah 37 and, and verse 10, we're not going to take the time to read the whole passage, uh, but just look at verse 10. Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 10, the Bible says this, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. So, if you've been with us on Sunday nights, you remember uh, that, that Judah is under attack by the Assyrian uh, army. And here you have the Assyrians coming to Judah, and they're basically threatening them and trying to scare them and getting them to just give in. And what they're saying to the king is, let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee. They're saying, don't let God fool you into thinking that he's not going to give you into the hands of the Assyrians so that your God is going to deliver you. Verse 11, Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of the Assyrians have done to all the lands, destroying them utterly. And shalt thou be delivered? And then he goes on to give them, you know, what about the God of this country? And what about the God of that country? And what about the God of that? That God didn't deliver their people. And that God didn't deliver their people. Why do you think God's going to deliver you, Hezekiah? Now, here's what you got to understand. This was given to Hezekiah in a letter. They, they basically sent this letter to King Hezekiah to kind of threaten him into, into getting scared and giving in to the Assyrian, uh, the Assyrian uh, government. And in, in, in Isaiah 37, verse 14, I think it's one of the most beautiful pictures of prayer. In verse 14, the Bible says this, And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord. He had a certain place and spread it before the Lord. And it's this beautiful 
picture where Hezekiah takes this letter, and we're not going to take the time to read his prayer. We'll be in Isaiah 37 on Sunday nights in a, a few weeks, you know, so we'll, we'll study it then. But he takes this letter, and he basically opens the letter. Uh, he goes to that place where he prays, and he takes the letter, and he kind of lays it down, and then he begins to pray to God that God will help him and deliver him. And he's kind of just has that letter there, you know, and maybe you, you've got things that you're praying for. Maybe you've got a bill that you don't know what to do with, or you've got some sort of a health report that you got from the doctor, or you've just got some loved one that you're burdened for, you know, get that bill or grab that report or get that picture of that individual and kind of just lay it before God as you spend time praying and pleading with God. Hezekiah took that letter and instead of reading it and obsessing about it and getting all scared about it, he just puts it before God and he begins to pray to God. Use visuals in your prayer time. You know, write out specific requests. Get, you know, and I would encourage all of you, start a prayer journal, start a prayer list. Uh, you know, get a notebook and start writing down prayer requests and, and make them specific. You know, and, and cross them out as God answers them. Date them. Put, put a date next to it when you started praying and put a date when God answered that prayer. Uh, you know, something I've, I've done for a while, my wife and I have done, is I, I always didn't like the notebook because it seemed like, you know, it's, it just seemed, you know, you write requests and then you go to the next page and then they have another request and it just didn't really work well for me. Something I started doing is I started using three by five cards. And I just have a three by five card with, with, with people's names on it. And I can just on one side have their name and on the other side put some specific requests for those individuals. And if those people, you know, uh, whatever, you know, those requests, the, the three by five card gets full, I can just grab another three by five card and doesn't mess up my notebook or whatever, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, not tell, I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm just saying do it. Get some visuals. Get something that you can look at, that you can spread before God and that you can pray. You know, pray over uh, whatever it is that you're, you're praying. Uh, you know, I, I've heard of people uh, saying, you know, they get pictures of the individuals they want to pray for, and they kind of go through those pictures, and they pray for those individuals. Write the names down. Do something to help you kind of see what it is that you're praying for. So tonight, I want to just give you some practical tips in regards to prayer. So number one, choose a place to pray. Number two, choose a time of the day to pray. Number three, choose an amount of time to pray. Number four, get a prayer partner. Number five, spend time in prayer alone. Number six, use the time that would otherwise be wasted to pray. Number seven, pray on your knees, not just when you're out and about, but get on your knees, put your face to the ground before God. And number eight, use visuals in your prayer time, like three by five cards or a notebook or bills or pictures or whatever it is. The idea is this, we need to spend time in prayer with God. And if you just think, if you just think like, I'm going to pray just kind of when I get around to it. I'm here to tell you it's never going to happen. Because Satan and the world and is just going to bring distractions and they're just going to make sure that you never have the time to pray. You need to just decide at this time, at this place, with this notebook, I'm gonna, for this amount of time, I'm just going to get alone. I'm going to pray with, to God. And you know what? If, if, if I have to miss lunch or if I have to miss deadline or I have to miss whatever, God comes first. Remember, prayer is the great time saver. And God will help me. But we need to just get disciplined on this idea of prayer. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer.